Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Um, we're going to talk today about God's value system. We've talked on the, uh, over the weeks and months of this podcast, um, and thank you to all our faithful listeners. I hear people who tell me, you know, I wake up, this is my schedule, I wake up at this time, I turn your podcast on while I'm getting ready. We'd love to hear that people are um, committed to feeding themselves the Word of God and growing spiritually and, and producing fruit in their lives. God is looking for fruit producers. Um, so thank you for being a part of that army that God is raising up and making us a part of your day. But um, we've talked about God's value system. We know the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance. It's God's number one agenda on the earth today is to see people get born again. Uh, God, the Bible says all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that comes to repentance. Uh, all of heaven doesn't rejoice when you get a house or a car or when you get married. All of heaven rejoices over a sinner. It's, it's, it's God's personal plan for planet earth at this time we're in the grace dispensation maybe maybe one day we'll talk about dispensations if we want to dig deep Um, but we're in the grace dispensation so we have a a window of time an opportunity where man can repent and come to know jesus before the end of this age Um, so it's god's uh, purpose to have that but in the scriptures god lays out some things especially in the book of proverbs about things like if you're choosing choose this over that so we're going to go through a little bit of that today um, psalm 37 16 we'll start here it says a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked uh the God has a value system and money isn't at the top of it. Man has a value system, natural man, and usually money is at the top of it. If man had to choose between losing some of his friends and getting $10 million, what would he choose? I'm willing to bet that if you secretively gave someone, said, hey, between you and me, I'm going to give you $10 million and, and, I need, and the price is that you'll divorce your loved one. I think the amount of people that would actually be willing to do that would would be pretty staggering for some people. What people will do for money, people who sell their souls for money, people who you look at, uh, you know, I I keep an eye on politics a bit, but you look at um, congressmen and women who have a $200,000 a year salary, but somehow they've been in Congress for so many years and their net worth is 20, 30, 40, $100 million. Like the numbers don't add up. Here you have companies that are saying, hey, if you vote in this direction for us, we'll give you a kickback over here. Corruption that happens, but people do it for the love of money. But God is making it clear that money is not the most important thing. So it says a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. What this isn't saying is saying that to be righteous, you're going to have little. But it's saying if you have to choose between being righteous and having little and being wicked and having much, choose being righteous. Why is that? Because the Bible also says, what does it profit a man to gain the entire world, but to lose his own soul? If you could, people who are in hell right now, if they could go back and trade everything that they have, uh, their, their every accomplishment to be able to be in heaven for eternity and not be in hell. I'm willing to bet that every single one of them would be granted that opportunity. Um, let's move on to the next one. It says, uh, let's find this one here. It says, it's better. I like this one. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Now, you're going to have to take the word's word for it because I didn't marry a quarrelsome or a fretful woman. My wife doesn't fear. She's not nervous. She doesn't get anxious. I see women and men, honestly, that, that act like women 
and are, are the fretful woman that Proverbs talks about here and are just anxious about everything. It's, it's not the portion of the child of God to be nervous, to be anxious, to be worried. That's a spirit that you've got to disallow in your life, that you have to decide, I'm not going to be anxious. Well, I don't know, you know, where the money's going to come from. Well, didn't God say, my God shall, didn't the word say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory? You can, by feeding on the word, what we talked about this week about the word working mightily in you, um, uh, feed on the word of God until anxiety is replaced with faith, understanding God loves me. God's going to take it, take care of me, take good care of me. I'm a sower. I've got a harvest coming. I'm not going to be, Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bed, bread. What does that mean practically? You'll never have to beg because you will, you, you serve God and you obey the word of God. There's things put in place that guarantee your future. Um, in the same, that's Proverbs 21, in the same chapter, it says, it is better to live in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. So here we have again, hey, don't choose the wrong woman. My mom, when I was growing up, said to me, the most important decision you'll ever make is to invite Jesus into your heart. The second most important decision is who you marry. Don't mess it up. So I had the fear of God in me about choosing the wrong woman. For a long time, I was like, I'd rather just be single. And that's what this is saying. Like, you'd be better off in a little uh, 10 by 5 space with a little cot and a pot and a pan maybe uh, in the corner of a house, renting a little tiny spot in the corner of a house than in a huge home with the wife that's quarrelsome, right? She's going to make your life a living hell. You're better off in a a tent out in the backyard than in in a mansion with a woman who's going to make your life miserable. Um, It's not worth it. Marry the right person. That's why I was 30 years old when I got married is because I uh, said I'd rather be single and pick the wrong one, but God gave me the right one. Maybe you, maybe you have a friend that married the wrong person, and you could go interview them and say, so tell me about the quality of your life now that you've obviously picked someone who's a terrible human being. Tell me how it's going for you, and get firsthand experience. I can't tell you what marrying a bad person, or a terrible, fretful woman, quarrelsome woman is like, but I believe the word enough to know that it's not wrong. Um, Proverbs 3.13, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Man, there's so many of these that says it's better to get it's better to get uh, wisdom than it is to get silver or gold. It's better to get um uh, how much Proverbs sixteen sixteen? How much better it is to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver. Wisdom and understanding is better. It's 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 is better in the long run than than gold and silver. Why? Because gold and silver can't buy eternal life. What is wisdom and understanding? Well, first of all, it's there's two types of wisdom. There's man's wisdom, but there's God's wisdom. I believe the definition for wisdom is God's way of doing things. It's God's giving you his understanding. That's why spending time in the word is is so important because even things like, hey, choose choose righteousness over riches, right? That's wisdom from God. That's, you'll be in a business deal and you'll have a chance to do something that's a little bit underhanded and you'll say, you know what? I'm choosing righteousness over riches. That's God's wisdom. And that'll save you. Riches riches can't buy you long life, but the Bible actually says that righteousness guarantees you long life, right? So here are things where God is saying, if you have to choose between the two, 
You don't have to choose between getting money and, and, and being wisdom. But it is saying that wisdom is better for you. Because in the long run, the Bible actually says that wisdom leads to wealth. The wisdom of God. But the wisdom of God is not the wisdom of the world. Here's an example. Tithing, tithe and offerings. You know, when I was in business and making good money, making six figures for many years, it didn't make sense every year. I mean, my finally my CPA kind of got used to it. They would look at how much I gave, and I was giving 20 25% of my income. Uh, and when you're making 200000 300000 those numbers add up. And they would look at me like, you're, wait, so you give this to this church? This You give this to this church? And they don't understand. I have a love for the kingdom of God. I have a love for souls. But my CPA... If they were going to give me advice, they would say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Even my, my boss, not my brother, my, my brother's boss said, you know, if you just took the money that you gave to the church and you invested in a property and then you gave the proceeds of that property, you could have a thing that produces. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says doesn't doesn't say take 10% of your money and make an investment and give the proceeds. It says bring the tithes into the storehouse. I choose to obey God over the wisdom of men. That's where people get weird about this stuff. They're like, well, I would give to the gospel, but everything's all tied up. Well, if you're not giving 10% of your income, no matter what your income is, if it's $1,000 a month, $100 a month, or $100,000 a month, if you're not giving 10%, you're not yielding to the wisdom of God because that 10% is going to bless everything else that you do. And it's op- even if there was no blessing attached to it, it's obedience to God, which ultimately is what leads to eternal life. Man, if there was no return for me on planet Earth, until the day that Jesus came back. If there was no return, I would still give. I would still praise. I would still be generous. I would still win the lost. I would still do what the Bible says because ultimately I want my life to line up with God's words. There's nothing more important to me than hearing well done, good and faithful servant. To, to know that, first of all, I ran my race and I served God with all my heart and I made it into heaven. That's my number one goal in life. But then also to know that the call that he had for me, I fulfilled. There's nothing I won't trade for that. There's nothing I won't give up for that. That's why I've been willing to give my car away because it was to answer the call. There's people who won't even go up and answer an altar call. They're dealing with sin in their life because they think, oh, I can just deal with this in my seat. That's rebellion. You think you're going to actually answer the call of God and when the Holy Ghost is tugging on your heart and you won't get up to go uh, repent because there's sin in your life? Like that's rebellion to feel like you're too spiritual to, to, to go answer an altar call. I'm talking to someone out there. People make these weird things. You know, I've been through Bible school. I don't need to go up to an altar call anymore more. I'm spiritual enough. I understand the word of God. You're you're prideful and you're in rebellion. You need to be humble before the Lord God. Humility is the number one prerequisite of repentance. It's humility. It's and and eternal life. You don't make it in prideful people. The Bible says God resists the proud. You're not going to go through, oh, I do it my own way and then get before God and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I guess you did. You know, you went to church from time to time and yeah. I guess you did believe that I was the Savior. No, God resists the proud. He's actively resisting the proud, but giving grace to the humble. Um, so choose. So Proverbs fifteen seventeen. Better better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. Hey, you're better off eating uh, broccoli and maybe some cauliflower than having a great steak dinner. But when you have love in your home, life, you, you're, you're, you'd rather choose love and, and veggies than this steak feast and hatred inside the house. Proverbs 16, 8, better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right. 
Uh, Proverbs 15, 16, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Hey, the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. When people go out of their way and do underhanded things to get riches, it brings trouble with it. You'd rather have a little, only a little bit. So this is saying if you have to choose. What this isn't saying, religious people clamp onto this and they're like, see, it's better, it's better to have a little bit than to have a lot and there'd be trouble. And, that's, and they're like, you know, it's good as a Christian to have just a little bit. And that's nonsense. That's not what this is saying. It's saying if you have to make a choice between choosing little, this is God's value system. He's basically saying money's not all it's cracked up to me. You can't take your money and buy eternal life. You can't buy peace. You can't buy health in your body. You can try to eat healthy. I heard this story about um, Dr. Phil how prostate cancer uh, ran in his, it was either prostate or colon cancer, one of the two, but ran in his family. And, um, and he was, he wanted to stay healthy. And so he was spending $100,000 a year on a special diet that catered to preventing prostate cancer, doing everything that he can do. Like who, who has an extra hundred grand a year on their food, food and supplements, basically to say, Hey, I've seen that this is running my family. So I'm going to prevent this. And he's, he's eating this diet and, and taking the supplement, spending this hundred thousand on purpose to prevent prostate cancer. And what happens? He gets prostate cancer. Why is that? Because cancer is spiritual. Sickness is spiritual. Sick and death are a spiritual matter. Yes, there are some natural factors, but you can do everything you want. I remember being, when I was in sales, knocking on this person's door and it was a widow and I was talking to her and, and we're getting her set up with the, with the alarm. And she was talking about her husband and he was, she's like, man, he was in the, he was in tip-top shape. He ran marathons. He was in perfect shape. He ate healthy. He ate healthier than anyone I knew. She's like, and then he got uh, a brain tumor and died within a few months. Like you saw a picture of him. He was like fit, strong, like the picture of health at his age. He's like one of those uh, jacked old dudes, right? I mean, he was 60, so he wasn't like 80, but, and all of a sudden he gets can brain cancer and dies within a few months. Why is it? Because that's sickness and disease are not a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. So here people try to do it their own way, but, but God's way is always going to win. When you commit your way to the Lord and you spend time in the presence of God and you take communion and you do what the Bible says, you're, you're ensuring your future. You're ensuring that it goes well with you. That is what wisdom is. It's God's way of doing things. It says here, um, uh, Proverbs 3.13, Proverbs 8.11, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that you can be desired are not to be compared with it. It says, My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. Proverbs 12.9, He that is despised and has a servant is better than he that honors himself and lacks bread. There are many people that talk a big talk, but they have nothing to show for it. It's saying, keep quiet, don't boast of yourself when you got nothing going for you. 15.6, better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Let's see here, Proverbs um, 16.19, man, such an awesome one. Uh, better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So here you have the contrast of, the, of humility versus pride. God is saying you're better to find your friends around humble people. And, uh, and, and, and you'd rather have friends that are humble and poor than are rich and proud. 
because in the long run, who you hang around affects who you are. So choose your friends wisely. People are looking for this friend that, you know, has everything going. I want the rich friend because he can buy me this and do this. I remember when we were young, we had a friend who um, dad was a lawyer and they had great, great money here. And it was like when we got to hang out with them every once in a while, we got to hang out with them. But they were awesome uh, Christian people people but when we got to hang out with them they um uh they would he would the dad would like take us to buccaneers games and buy us jerseys and like even for us at the time being new to this country even going out to eat was a big deal he took us to checkers and like let us upgrade our soda to a milkshake and i remember being like this is the best day of my life i get a uh burger, fries, and a chocolate milkshake. Like I look back and I'm like, a Checkers, you couldn't pay me net right now to go to Checkers and eat a burger, a fry, and a milkshake right now. You couldn't, I mean, you could maybe, maybe $400 I would take to go, eh, $500. But, um, you, you, I think back, but it's like those friends. It was like, man, I, I've got this friend now and you know, he's loaded. So I get to go cool places. But choose your friends wisely. It's better to choose people who have godly character who will lead you in a path, even though they may not be the richest, than to be than to seek out friends that are going to lead you in the wrong direction. Proverbs sixteen thirty two: He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. Proverbs seventeen one: Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Better is the poor that walks in his integrity. Um, Where'd it go? Better is the poor that walks his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. There's so many more. We're going to end it there. God has a value system. Get wisdom. Spend time in the word of God. Ask God to open your eyes to see and begin to dive into the word of God and see what matters to God and, and his direction for our lives. In all you're getting, get understanding. God wants to give you understanding and it's through his word. We love you. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining us.